minus three. With Dave Damashek. Yes, hi and hello, sports fans. Welcome to Minus Three, presented as always by FanDuel. Make sure you're betting along with us. FanDuel.com. Minus three is the promo code, the word minus, the number three. And also make sure you're following along. All the fun on social media at minus three pod. Get into the extrapoints.com arcade. Play against us or with us, however you please, with the NFL pick'em, college football pick'em, and beyond. Good prizes to be won there. Eddie Spaghetti, another weekend of hot sports action is in the book. And we open our eyes on Monday, and what do we find? A big pro football trade. Von Miller, a hero for all of time in Denver. Now a member of the Los Angeles Rams, significant. I know people want to point to the fact that he's probably not as great as he was at his prime, who is, but Von Miller is a difference maker when you throw him out there with an already talented defense and an already loaded team that is proving to be a steamroller. I think that this gets him one step closer to what I have foretold. I've told it all summer long, all through August. The Rams are going to the Super Bowl to play a home game in SoFi Stadium. I think the Chargers are still going to get there before you throw slings and arrows at me because the Chargers can't stop the run and they've lost two in a row. Take a look around the AFC and tell me who's definitely way, way better than they are. The Bills? All right, I'll hear the argument, but let's see the Patriots play the Bills before we kiss them into... Uh, into the Super Bowl as well. Uh, Meantime, World Series action. Astros came back to beat the Braves in a World Series no one cares about. Fine. Um, Home stretch of 2021, more significantly, now that Halloween is in the rearview mirror. Hope you had a good one. By the way, shout out to Eddie Spaghetti and his girlfriend. Great costumes uh, inspired by the Marvel Universe. You can find him on social media um, and track him down and, and get a gander at those. Also, go back and listen to the podcast with with Nick Mangold extra points at the end of last week where Eddie Spaghetti contended to Nick Mangold and beyond that he could beat up Houston Astros um, star Jose Altuve. I, for one, happen to agree with Eddie Spaghetti. You know what, though? A sometimes rival of Eddie Spaghetti's, his name is Jeff Schwartz, is going to join us momentarily here. You know him, former member of the KC Chiefs, who are playing Eddie Spaghetti's favorite football team tonight, Chiefs and Giants. We'll get his pick on that one. We'll get uh, his thoughts on the AFC would-be powerhouses, what this Rams trade means to the NFC chase and beyond. I'm looking forward to getting um, Schwartz's opinion on that. Mangold said he thinks, I think he said uh, uh, Altuve would take down Eddie Spaghetti. Uh, But now that we are into November, the home stretch is upon us for 2021. You know what that means? The Shecky Awards are nigh all the best uh, categories upcoming, worst food to eat after brushing your teeth, best movie I saw this year, worst alphabet letter, and of course, fruit of the year. I'm not going to tip my hand here, no spoiler alerts, but that one's getting away from all the fruits out there with the exception of just one. One is having a magical DiMaggio-type streak, and that's all I have to say about it. Meantime, talk about satisfying. I, I say all the time, Eddie Spaghetti, and I'm not saying that this is the right way to be. I, you know, I don't want my kids, I want them to be better than I am. I think that's what any parent wants, is to is for their child to have a better and happier existence. And, you know, I'm the I'm the son of my old man. And my old man has crazy, wacky theories like 
you know, if Pitt and the Penguins win on Saturday, that guarantees a Steelers victory. But if they lose, if those two teams lose on Saturday, then the Steelers can't win on Sunday. And for better or worse, I kind of buy some of those theories. They, they, you know, you don't, you don't want to believe them. You, you intellectually don't want to, but they saturate themselves into your brain. And whether you realize it or not, they're a part of you. And I was devastated after the events of uh, in Heinz Field on Saturday, the Pitt Panthers tracking towards a Final Four. Those hopes dashed by the visiting Miami Hurricanes with a helping hand from the referees, a clear safety. By the way, Eddie Spaghetti, very quickly, as an objective observer, did you see that play? I know there were a lot of good college football games on Michigan, Michigan State and all that. Did you see what, what was your What was your objective reaction to that? Was that a safety or not? I, I would if I was a referee, I would have called that um, a safety. I don't understand how it wasn't. I, I don't know. But it's if to make you feel better. I don't think that Pitt, even if they ran the table, would have made the final four anyway. So if that helps you, you know, ease the pain. But uh, that was a very strange call. The ref, no, refereeing, I refereeing to about for the rest of my life. Then I would complain even, for the rest of my life. Look, even Sunday Night Football. I mean, there was too many flags. Like there's a couple other questionable calls um, in, you know, in the Jets Bengals game. There was a bad call like. I don't know. I'm not sure if this is hyperbolic, but I just feel like through college and pro and just football, obviously we've had a ton of bad umpire calls in baseball uh, regular season and playoffs, but it's gotten very bad this, this calendar year. 2021 has been a really bad year for umpiring and refereeing. And uh, I mean, it's, it kind of ruins the fun of sports where if you're, you can't even leave the game and you're talking about a blown call and it's like, yeah, a robot or, you know, a booth may take the fun out of it. And it's, it's too um, uh, technical, I guess, but if it, it wastes time, but I just rather be right at this point, I'd rather things just be right and not have people That's question right. stuff after the game. This, this, the weird, um, First of all, you mentioned technology, fan technology, watching at home technology continues to improve. But the referees who remain human beings, who are mostly octogenarians, remain the same. So the so our ability to see when they're right and wrong gets better and better. And that's what makes the bad calls more damning. It's 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 our perspective. They're like, has it always been this bad? Yeah, it's always been this bad. We just have the replays in HD and multiple angles to show why they're wrong. But they, it, 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 I don't understand the rationalization. I guess it's because there are two sides rooting on any side of a game. So the fans who the call goes in favor of are like, oh, well, you just got to work around that. You can't let it come down to officiating if you're the better team. That you would give that up as a fan. It, it It's as though... It's why our juries are made up of supposedly objective citizens. You don't put you don't put the 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 son of the murderer on the jury because he might be biased. You see, that's why they do that whole thing in the pre-trial thing. Is I I haven't shown up for jury do, duty in a while, but I, I, if I remember it correctly, that's kind of how it goes. And that's what it kind of hinges on. It's like, but can't let it come down to the officiating. That's an excuse for bad teams. Like, no. All teams, whether it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, as we saw on Sunday, or I guess this side of the 2021 Georgia Bulldogs, not trying to jinx or anything going forward here, Bulldogs, every team, Alabama, Oregon, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Pitt, anybody else, I put Pitt in there, is going to play a close game along the way, or three or eight, like if you're Oklahoma. And when... Your entire season implodes on a bad call or you miss out. I mean, if you're the Saints 
if you're a Saints fan who loved Drew Brees, nothing's ever going to make right what happened. And the worst thing about bad calls or bad plays or otherwise is when the broadcasters try to make you feel better, like, hey, nothing to hang your head about. This is a talented bunch and they'll be back next year. As we see, more often than not, that's not the case. That moment in time has come and gone and a bad play by a star player is vexing. Ball going through Bill Buckner's legs will plague you forever. But it's even worse when the referee who is there to be the authoritarian on that you you did that, you, you didn't do that right under the rules, gets it wrong and scuttles your season. It's the worst thing. And I don't know why fans allow it and why why there's a why we're not marching in the streets maybe because we have more, more important things to march in the streets about these days but um it is a it is a weird give that leagues perpetuate and we buy i guess in the same way my old man insinuates himself into my head um we just hear what the league hands down and whether we agree with it or not we kind of roll with that sort of logic too of like yeah it's true what are you gonna do i mean you just don't let it come down to officiating no fix it it's fixable we all see it on tv how about you guys fix it too so that the referees don't keep screwing up these games anywho all that um to be said i talk about uh, you know being a fan and like my old man I've long since ever felt much joy from sports. At I, my teams, when they play, it is a torture chamber that I I intentionally strap myself into every game night. And my the two results are either devastating grief or relief. That's all I ever feel, pretty much, 99% of the time. All I experience, like, whoo! And I do feel that way on Monday morning, sitting here talking to you. But I also have to say, going in to Cleveland, the team, oh, this was the year with Bake and the loaded roster and the coach of the year one year in, and we came into Heinz and whipped you in January, and Miles is going to do it, and he's dressed as the Grim Reaper, and he has a tombstone with all the names of the guys he sacked, which is mean because Ben Roethlisberger plays like he's an octogenarian now, and the offensive line is garbage, and why are you even kidding that the Steelers have any chance and they should trade away Melvin Ingram to AFC contenders because those teams are for real and the Steelers are phonies and what are we doing here with the, with this uh, why are they even taking the field they should have just taken the year off they should have gone on sabbatical because they're such garbage this year to go into Cleveland and to win a 15 to 10 knuckler like they did was as satisfying a victory as I've experienced this calendar year perhaps in at least half a decade. That was great stuff, Eddie Spaghetti. That's why I keep coming back to sports. And uh, I feel a little embarrassed about it, that uh, a middle of the season win. But the one thing I have been saying, Spaghetti, and you know this, is that uh, for me, I'm trying to take a posture philosophically of what I got to stop watching sports if I can't turn it into a journey, not a destination thing. I have a one in 32 chance of my team winning it all in football. And those odds are similar in the other sports. If I can't enjoy the journey, then I got to cut this crap out already. And this journey has been satisfying so far. Four and three, big game coming up. Circle it. Don't look past it. Don't get bangled like uh, the Bengals did in New York on uh, by Mike White 
and uh, the high-flying Jetropolitans. The Bears are coming to town. They are a pro football team. They do have a talented young quarterback. That's a scary trap game, but they do go Bears in Pittsburgh, then the Lions in Pittsburgh. So 6-3 and three is, by the odds, the likely um, outcome nine games through the season and right there in contention for the AFC playoffs. Eddie Spaghetti, off the top of your head, what was your most... I was going to say, I was going to ask you most um, best win, but what do you think is the most significant win of all? I think you could make a case that the Bengals losing that one. If you look up their schedule, I'm not throwing dirt on them. I still like that team. And I hate, talk about bad call. That Mike Hilton call is an all-timer. If you haven't seen it, dig it up. It's not worth trying to explain it to you. Um, but I think that Bengals loss is bad if they aren't real good in the second half of the season. They have they they're very few games off if you see what they have coming up. They that loss may loom large when they look back around uh, Christmas or or New Year's Eve that that's the one that they let a, let uh, go and that's why they're not going to the playoffs. What to you stands out as the the best or you know like I say most significant outcome that we saw this weekend. I think that's a top three outcome uh what you just brought up i think another big one and this is mainly because of the injury to derrick henry and uh as of the time of this recording right now they just signed titans uh adrian peterson which i don't get why oh, they did like sign him plenty of teams that have uh second string or third string running backs you probably could have traded a, dra- a mid-round draft pick for uh that still has a bit fresher legs but uh, who knows his actual usage but i think the titans actually getting that win over the colts uh, to That's further their call. gap in the AFC South, uh, say AFC South helps them because who knows how this team's going to look without Derrick Henry. I mean, the guy's been a, a bulldozer. Uh, are they going to become a pass first team? Maybe if Julio stays healthy, and they obviously have uh, a, you know AJ Brown. Like we'll see. Um, and the other one that I thought that was pretty interesting too, and this is a game that I still feel like the Chargers should have won at home with the rookie quarterback traveling cross country to their uh, stadium, but like losing to the Patriots, um, and now that gives the Chiefs, who have been struggling as of late, uh, still more of a chance chance to you know if they beat the Giants tonight which I assume they will and you know go on a nice run here because I think Mahomes is going to play some piss off football the Chiefs can't be giving up games like that uh to rookie quarterbacks if they're supposed to be you know the favorites in the AFC South and potential good Super Bowl teams. So, so those are some uh, those Keeps are some interesting the Patriots in the mix I'm telling you that too, that too yeah until they're done and right and the you know it goes out saying obviously it's a dumb thing to point out but I'm a dumb guy so I'll say it is the Cowboys with Cooper Rush Beating the Vikings has uh, has double impact because the Cowboys were willing to. I mean, they played with fire in giving up the number one seed because they've already lost to the Buccaneers at home. And if you give them two losses, and I know there's still a long way to go in the season, and everything with the Rams now improved by Von Miller and their role that they're on, you're starting to play yourself with a loss to the to the Vikings in a conference loss and if it comes down to tiebreakers that's uh that's relevant of course that instead they they survive that game and they really injure as far as I'm concerned the Vikings chances of making the playoffs we'll see how they do in the all purple bowl upcoming in Charm City they play the Ravens this week um and as far as that that's a great call by the Colts I think I would buy with the Titans you're absolutely right the Colts get that and the Titans wake up to the news that Derrick Henry's done for the year. Now they're spooked. But with a three-game lead, they're probably in good shape. They should be able to scratch out enough wins even without Henry to, to win that crummy division. 
My preseason prediction that they're the number one seed, though, is now in legit jeopardy. I don't know how they get it done without um, a guy who is at least in the conversation for MVP, even though we don't like to indulge who's the MVP of the NFL conversations this early into the season. Um, that's a good one. And like I say, in the all-important chase, and and don't don't get deluded with the chapter-by-chapter tail that is the pro football season week in and week out mike mccarthy might be cavalier or might be taking a calculated risk and saying we got to sit back because we got a lot of games left to go but also you're deluding yourself if you think that it's like well we got a home game we got you know we want our division and we got a home game if you don't have a buy and you don't get to put your feet up in wild card round your chances of getting to the super bowl are greatly diminished and so the Buccaneers, I know they're still the team. I said, I'll tell you, I'll never bet against Brady. But that loss in the division that they're still going to win, uh, but that loss is significant in the NFC seedings. And the Rams are probably right now the team you look at, if not the Cowboys. So the Cowboys did themselves. Cooper Rush did them a great favor, really hurt the Vikings' chances and really hurt the Buccaneers' chances because I know I swoon over Brady and everything else, but if he has to go, once again, home game, on the road against the juggernaut, on the road against the juggernaut to get to a second straight Super Bowl with the Buccaneers, the road just maybe got a little bit harder thanks to to uh, to the Saints' victory there. Um, and what do you think, Spaghetti? I, we've weighed in here. The, the new college football standings are out. Georgia obviously holds on. Cincy, too. I hate that Bama is three there in front of undefeated Oklahoma and in front of Michigan State, who now just beat another top 10 team. Why does it not matter except in the SEC? I mean, I understand Texas A&M is a, is a pretty good team. Alabama lost to them, and that's that. Michigan State beat a top 10 team in Michigan. That's that. They go ahead of them. They have zero in the loss column. I can't make sense of it. I can't wait to talk to Schwartz about that. Let's get to him in just a second. But first, Eddie Spaghetti, we have, uh, we're have. we going to look ahead here with Schwartz here. A huge game now, the battle for Ohio, Cleveland, and Cincinnati coming up here. We have the rematch of Super Bowl One, Green Bay and the Chiefs. We have the, uh, I don't know, I don't even remember what number it was, the Kevin Dyson got tackled at the one at the end of the Super Bowl rematch coming up in Los Angeles. The Titans now plus seven and a half going against Von Miller and the Rams there. And it all kicks off on Thursday night football. And thanks to FanDuel Sportsbook, loving football season as much as they do, even a game that involves the New York Jets. We're now coming on a little bit, if we're to believe what we saw on Sunday against them. Bungles, a same-game parlay is the way to make it even juicier. Same-game parlay, you just need three legs of it to, uh, to be a winner there. And, of course, the same-game parlay. Jets are headed to Indianapolis. Carson Wentz, yikes, threw the game away not once but twice against the Titans. And like Spaghetti says, probably just seeded the division there to the Titans. Great point, Spaghetti. That really is good. Without without that win, now we're talking about, uh uh-oh, no Derrick Henry. The Colts are going to get that division. Now it's hard to conjure the path to it. But... They do get the Jets on Thursday night football, 
And let's give three legs to everybody. Make sure you're betting along with us. FanDuel.com slash minus three. Once again, it's the word minus the number three. Make sure you use that promo code to help out your pals here at minus three. Um, FanDuel Sportsbook Dynamite with the fast payouts and so easy to use, safe and secure. And most importantly, the fun bets like the same game parlay. Believe it or not, after that... uh, After that disgraceful ending to the game, the Colts are giving another pro football team, and the Jets are one of those, 10.5 points, Eddie Spaghetti. And believe it or not, you know what? I think you got to take the Colts. I don't, I mean, feel good wins when you're a team like the Jets probably feel good enough that you don't feel like we have to play desperate ball, whereas the Colts, their season feels like it's hanging in the balance here, right? So I think I will take the home team, even though it got a heavy 10.5 points right now. Yeah, it's that. It's just clearly the, you know, the Colts just played a tough game with the Titans. The Jets are not as good as the Titans, despite actually beating the Titans. But uh, I don't see Wentz with that many turnovers. Again, I think they're going to have control of this game. And you want to, I'm not trying to be a Mike White hater here. That was some performance by him. And honestly, if he wins this game and covers the 10 and a half, then I'll feel, uh, I'll never bet against Mike White ever again. But right now, I just, I think it was just a one hit wonder. So I, I like uh, laying 10 and a half there. If you want some anytime touchdown scores um, on the Jets side of things, I mean, Michael Carter is plus. 175 yep, he was awesome one. i think that he was one. awesome yeah. Jet, jets best player uh maybe outside of mike white another interesting one on the jets too in the last two weeks he's had six targets he caught all six targets uh in sunday's game elijah moore the young receiver they're going to bring him in the offense more he's plus 330 it's a really good number uh for what's going to be the jets eventual number one wide receiver and i think that uh, mike white like throwing to him he's playing again I, I like elijah moore to be a big factor in the passing game not to be a curmudgeon, I'm going to go with Michael Carter there because he's more dependable than the guy who has to catch passes for Mike White. And by the way, I'm not I'm not diminishing him. We have to stop swooning every time a guy who hasn't played a lot comes in, Trevor Simeon or otherwise. The game favors the guys trying to throw the ball. You should be the only stunner at this point for us is when guys fail consistently throwing the ball. Everything is tilted in their favor. Um, these these uh, underdog scrappy stories, it's nice that that guy was on the practice squad and everything, but uh, but with the rules being what they are, you should favor the passer. That said, I'm going to go with the ground game, Michael Carter, and speaking of the ground game, double down, Jonathan Taylor is getting into the end zone pretty consistently now. No reason to think that that's going to stop against the Jets. So there are your three. We're going to go Jonathan Taylor, Michael Carter, anytime touchdowns, and I say take the Colts minus the 10 and a half and do it all, fanduel.com slash minus three. Oh, here he is. Here he is, everybody. It's been too long on the show. One of the originals of Minus 3. Now you listen to him on Jeff Schwartz, is smarter than you, and you see him all over the place on Fox Sports, FS1, talking about gambling and football and college football and the Chiefs and the Chiefs and some more Chiefs. It's Jeff Schwartz. What's the poop, fella? How are you? I am good. Um, just remember out there, if we don't forget, that I was the first person to say Dan Moore was playing left tackle for the Steelers on this show, and I have not deserved you my did. credit yet from Steelers fans. Uh, people have overtaken that, and um, I just want to make that very clear as we start. You said I'm smarter than everyone else. That is a, a point to prove. You need to listen to my podcast. You get those type of gems when you listen to me. 
Like hell, I've given, I've, I've led the charge. How dare you, sir? I have, <laughs> I have been the one who keeps pointing at you and your boy Duke, who said all the way that this is the way it was going to go down. Not hearing a lot of noise anymore about Zach Banner or otherwise. Kudos to you. What you are wrong about, and I do want to talk about, is the state of the Kansas City Chiefs, because even though Patrick Mahomes is only making seven and a half million this year, it already corrupts decisions that they might otherwise make. Although. On the day of this recording, the L.A. Rams go and I mean, all convention about what you can and can't do under a hard salary cap and assets that you can trade away. The Rams just trade picks that they may or may not even have. And they're right in line um, to play a home game in the Super Bowl in uh, in February. Let's talk about all of it, though. And before we get to that, Schwartz. I want to pay service to college football. I, I I make fun about your support of the Chiefs. I like that you're like a real fan, by the way. I mean, it bothers me too when you go at me, but it but I admire it ultimately because you get real chippy. You get mad at me. You get mad at Eddie Spaghetti about our fandom. But when I say like, hey, I think that Bengals Chiefs game in Week 16 is going to be huge for both teams, could be for a playoff spot. You get very cross with me, like, oh, the Chiefs might not win another game. Like, I, I yeah. that's what I'm saying. I'm just saying yeah. that, that, that they're are. not a world beater at this point. No, I'm not. I think they're good. We'll talk, I just think we'll that talk they're, about the Chiefs in a second. Continue roster, with your... They can't they they can't get luxury items because they know that they have Patrick Mahomes big time deal kicking in in 2022. So unless you're signing guys to one year contracts in 2021, of course it impacts what you do long term. We could do Chiefs now or Ducks. What would you like to start with? Let's start with the Ducks because <laughs> okay, I know because I want to get on to pro football, but I do want to take a moment here. Yes, because it's I I I do admire you as a Ducks diehard. That you say, even though, although I'm not sure I agree with you, that you think Ohio State is rightly placed ahead of the Ducks in the standings right now. No oh. matter, I guess, because Michigan State and Ohio State still have to play one another, and so one or the other is going to go away. So that's a short-term issue so long as the Ducks win out, right? And same applies to Georgia and Alabama. As long as Georgia beats Bama, if Bama beats Georgia in the SEC title they're, game they're against both the in. spot, oh, you think so? I just, I, I if Bama just, beats Georgia, if Bama well. beats Georgia and SHG, they're both in. Here's my thing about the Ducks. Uh, I don't think it's right fully that Ohio State's ahead of Oregon. I just know how this is going to work, right? It's that Ohio State will be ahead of Oregon because people don't pay attention. You know, I, I heard this discussion a bunch. Ohio State's gotten better since they played Oregon. Well, Oregon's gotten better too. Like, what are we talking about? Anthony Brown couldn't throw the ball downfield the last two and a half games. That's all he's done. He threw like 400 yards the other day. Like, what are we talking about? The idea that only one team gotten better in this whole process? Oregon brought back the best player in college football. Came back on defense. Guess what, guys? Their defense is better. What a shock. Weird how that works, right? Like, the idea that only one of the teams has gotten better is so silly. Look, in the end, Ohio State might be better than Oregon. I don't know, but we beat them. That's that. What's the point? You of beat them the there. Then? What are we talking but about? Like, why would point? we? Why and, do we and, need and, to apply and, and some says, standard other than that? And, why and would that always, be? And, look, and everyone says, "Well, they lost to Stanford." Yes, we did lose to Stanford. You're exactly right about that. Our OC was not the game. Emergency surgery was not there. It was our worst offenses looked the entire season. Our quarterback did some batshit crazy stuff in that game. Like, I, I, stuff he hadn't done all season long. I don't know why. Maybe because Joe Moorhead wasn't there. I don't know. We lost one game. All right. I'm like, it happened. But the idea that we're tw- – let's say we, we finish 12-1 and one, and the one loss is Stanford, okay, and Ohio State finishes 12-1. and one. Yeah, they'll have beaten better opponents d- down the stretch, but we can play the teams that are on our schedule. 
It's all we can control, guys. We can't, like, make Oregon State be ranked or Utah be ranked. They might be ranked Utah by the time we play them. We can't force these teams to be ranked. You play the teams in front of you. And that's why I was talking to, to one of their coaches the other day, and he said one advantage the NFL has, obviously the different playoff system, but the advantage the NFL has is your own job is to win a game. There's no style points in the NFL. Win by one point, win by 20 points, you've won the football game. And in college football, it's all about style points. Like, for example, I'll go back to Oregon-Colorado game. Oregon has so many injuries at safety. They lost three safeties in this game against Colorado. Three more. We are already playing a walk-on middle linebacker. Like, we are a wreck. So they were up 45, 14, I think, somewhere around there. And they pulled all the stars on defense in the third quarter. The, from the middle of the third quarter to the end of the game, no stars on defense. And most backups were out of there, too. So Colorado scored twice. Like, the margin of victory is 52-29. Could have been 52-14, but, like, they, they don't care. They just want to win the game without anyone else getting hurt. And in college football, that's what matters. Style points, style points. It's like, just win the game. And so we beat Ohio State as a 14-point underdog without our best defensive player, without our second-best defensive player, and an offense has approved since then. So it is what it is. It's going to happen. We know it's going to happen. I mean, if both teams are 12-1, and one, they're taking Ohio State. It, they're, they're, they have, a, they have a, fit, a fan base that travels better, their traditional power. They're taking them. We, we know what's going to happen right, Dave. When you mention that, I wonder, is that that sounds uh, borderline conspiratorial. You really think they make Final Four decisions based on which fan base is going to show up at the game? In the end, it's an entertainment product, right? And it's a four-team entertainment product. I mean, product. I guess I, that's fine if that's like, the answer. Like, I'm surprised look, that that I, would I, I've been, be a factor. I've been against expanding a 12-team playoff, mostly because I don't think – if the idea is to expand – to find a different winner, it's not going to happen, right? But if you want to expand to basically make the end of the season count for there to be more kind of uh, more to play for, so you don't have these discussions, right? So it's not like, well, it's Oregon in, it's Oregon out, it's Cincinnati in, it's Cincinnati out. There won't be, you know, a 12-team playoff will limit all that. It'll get some more teams in conversation, right? It'll be Wake Forest. Wake has no chance. I don't care if they go 13-0, probably not going to be in, but in the 12-team, they'd be in, right? So, so, oh but I'm God. not. If they, if they go undefeated in a Power Five conference and don't go <laughs> because Alabama and Georgia both with one loss both go, I, I mean, I, it well, makes so me sick, a, so and I want question. to stop talking about it. So here's because it really but does make point. me mad. So here's here's okay. the, here's my last point. Of this is is what is the ultimate criteria for the playoffs? Is it most deserving? Or best team, because sometimes they're the same, right? Sometimes they're the same, but they're often not, right? So even if Alabama loses to Georgia, they're out in that instance, right? It's a two-loss Alabama team. But if, if you put a neutral site game at the end of the season between a two-loss Alabama team and like an undefeated Oklahoma, guess who's the favorite? The Alabama team is, right? Like, and But that's not the point of this, right? The point is supposed to be no, kind of walking the line in the, the middle, right? The point is supposed to be kind of in between, right? Best team and most deserving, and you only play like Cincinnati. Okay. I would put them in this year. I think it's a weird year you put them in. But I would love if we played like Tulane and Tulsa and ECU and Memphis every week. Like Oregon would never lose. But, you know, like, but, but again, this is a year where you say, okay, I want to see them in the playoff this year. I do. I, I hope they get in the playoff. It's time. I won't hear any more bitching from the group of five. You got, you got your team in. You'll play Georgia in round one and you lose by four touchdowns. And we'll never hear about it again. But like, okay, put them in. But if we're like comparing like best team, most deserving schedule, yeah. But again, I'm good. With, I'm good with this year out of all years. Cincinnati should get in. 
I agree with that part, but I, I'm surprised that you're willing as the voice, the national voice of the Oregon Ducks. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is there a, bit, a higher profile alum out there who touts his Ducks more than you do? Uh, no, but I don't, I don't know what I know what you're going with this. I'm just telling you, I think what I do well is no matter my fandom of any, I just kind of tell you what I think is going to happen. I think it's going to happen. I think I just, well, that, but that's what I do. And then you get after me. I, you act. As no, my, I, no, I, 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 I do. I do like, no, I told you yesterday. I liked, no, I like no, no. Pittsburgh Dave, I like, especially yesterday. Cause you were, it was fun because yesterday you kind of like bide, you've been biding your time all season long. And then you kind of been waiting in the weeds and then you just you smacked the Browns fans. You just like you, you were waiting all year for it. You finally got you finally were able to do it. It was great. This one's for Miles, everybody. This one's for the Grim Reaper. <laughs> Screw. I mean, I I don't even want to get into it. I, although I do want to talk about another team within that division in just a second here. But first, a word from our sponsor. You're, you're, I mean, the fact that you're conciliatory about like, well, this is what's going to happen. I hear you, but it would be outrageous if Ohio State with one loss and Oregon with one loss and they take the Buckeyes over, over Oregon when in a head to head game at Ohio State goes in favor of Oregon and they get left on the side of the curb. Outrageous. But all right. You're smarter than I am, as your podcast claims. So I'll ride with you on that one. Big trade in the NFL, Von Miller, LA Rams. Does this swing the NFC ultimately, in your opinion, in favor of those Rams? Do you think that they wind up playing a home game in February now? I don't know if it swings in their favor, but it's obviously good when you add a Hall of Fame pass rusher, especially next to Aaron Donald. I mean, you put those guys different sides of the field, same side of the field. Um, obviously, the Rams subscribe to the theory of what of you know we'd rather have a known commodity than a draft pick. I mean, that's clearly what they're doing. And if they win, then the model will be maybe this going forward, Dave, where people start looking to for draft for 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 assets like the like 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 the Rams have done. But does it make me change? Do I think the Bucks are going back to Super Bowl? Yeah, no. I'm with you on that. Like it doesn't change that. Now the Tampa has some issues on pass defense. They just can't beat the Saints, which might just be their thing in the regular season. Which can't beat the Saints, uh, which happens. You know that's the way some some of these. Uh, um, you know, the Browns can't beat the Steelers most for the most part. Like it's just the way it's been over the years. And um, I, I think it's still, it's still them until it was look Stafford and this might not matter, but I think it does. He's never really played in big playoff games ever. And, mm-hmm. you know, going to Tampa, let's say that, or Dallas, I mean, Dallas might have the one seat, you go to Dallas, go to Tampa in the postseason. Haven't really done it before. Okay, let's see how he does in those situations. Well, that's, uh, you know, the Cowboys got away with it, obviously. But I thought that if Dak could go, you got to go with him because you're deluding yourself if you think as a football team, like, ah, oh, we're going to win our division, though. We're shaping up. We're in good, we're, we're, you know, we're in the right direction there. And it's a long season and we need Dak healthy. But also, you know, there is no, there's no wiggle room given the playoff structure now. You have a decisive advantage of getting to the Super Bowl if you have the one seed and everything runs through you and you don't have to play in wildcard weekend. When you have to go on the road, like you say, it is such a top-heavy conference in the NFC. If you have to play at Tampa or at L.A. or at Green Bay or at Dallas, like you say, and and then do and then in victory go to another one of those locations and then do it again. It really, the path becomes awfully rugged fast if uh, if that's the way you have to go. As far as the Rams go, 
it, it reminds me now of baseball, the way the L.A. Rams operate, which is that philosophical thing of like giving away prospects, you know, that are like double A, they're going to be great in two, three years versus the known commodity. I think the Rams do it right. And it's hard to argue with the results. We'll see. I I guess I kind of need to get to the Super Bowl for this to be worth it because I don't know what what the future holds for them. It it feels like the abyss, but so far they've been on the on the tightrope now. I would have thought by now they would have fallen off, right? Wouldn't you think that this that this strategy can't keep going, but you know, here they are in what? Year four of success under McVay. They had to stumble two years ago, but they weren't a garbage team that year. Yeah. Um I think teams would do well to do exactly what the Rams are doing. Like, what are we holding on to these draft picks for? As though a third round pick is certain to be a difference maker in, in pro football. Well, Give it away. Well, so, Get somebody so, right now. So going to the Chiefs now, right? Because I think it's a good spot to do this, to, 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 to bring this up. Fine. So because the Chiefs have all this money tied in Pat Mahomes, you have to hit on draft picks that are cheaper to make up your roster, right? You can't go out right. and get a Von Miller because of that. And the Chiefs have failed miserably at that the last couple, not not the last two years, but look, in 2017, they got Pat Mahomes. Then no one else who contributes to their team. 2018, a D tackle, Derek Nottie, who contributes to the team. That's it. 2019, McCall Hardman. Okay, second round pick. Juan Thornhill, who they don't even trust to play, really. Uh, and they've had to put him back in the lineup because... Uh, you know, because uh, Sorensen's so bad. Uh, Rashad Fenton plays a little bit at corner as well. He's got some more run lately. And then look, and then last year, the Claude Edwards Hilaire was bad, bad pick, but Willie Gay is playing more, Sneed's playing more. So we've improved a little bit. And obviously, their offensive line uh, was handled well in this current draft. So their diff- their problem is, is that they're not drafting well that also can't really afford. And, and look, they struck out a lot, right? They try to get Juju, they try to get Ingram, like they try to get some of these pieces, didn't want to go to Kansas City. And so their problem is not Mahomes' contract. It's that they have to draft and develop players better because that's what makes up the difference in having a, a quarterback making a ton of money. Right, but drafting is is a crapshoot. The teams that course, do it really well hit it like the high 50 percentile, like they hit a, yeah. like 60%, 58%. So I, I hear you, but again, my point is, and then we'll move on, not to belabor it, but the but the point is, is it's very much like big market baseball versus small market baseball. You better not screw up in the draft is is the point. You If oh, you yeah. make... You know, you you know, uh, my team, the Pittsburgh Pirates, if they sign a guy to a free agent contract, then it doesn't work out. They don't, as it happens. But if they do um, and it and it and it doesn't work out, they traded for Chris Archer, as a, for instance, a couple of years ago yeah. to try and make a run. It was a bad move and it scuttled the franchise for a half a decade. That's the point. You just when you have a guy and of course, I'm, there's no debate. One hundred percent Damashek is in on. Obviously, what does Patrick Mahomes want? Give it to him. The point is, though, I, I think we ultimately agree that you have to do a better job of drafting around Patrick Mahomes. But I think the best roster, the, my, my overarching point is the best roster he will ever be on is already in the rearview mirror for him. And he's going to have to take more of that burden on. Yeah. Or they're going to have to figure out a third target because Miko Hardman, Josh Gordon, and otherwise ain't doing it. Although we still have the Giants game upcoming on Monday Night Football. We'll get to that. In a second here. Quickly, though, the team that I have in the AFC West is the Chargers. I'm going to ride with them. You talk about like those matchups make the fight kind of thing. 
I guess now we can say the Patriots have the Chargers number. They know how to beat them. The Titans know how to beat the Bills and so on. There are a number of examples like that. But does Kenneth Murray fix the liability of of the Chargers when he comes back that 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 he's the run stuffer that they lack there? And and I I, no one 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 linebacker doesn't make a difference like that. You need to have you need to have deep tackles that handle the run game. It's hard to think one linebacker. If, if a lineman gets on the linebacker, I mean, you're going to win that battle just enough more often than not, right? You need to be able to have those big guys to kind of hold the offensive lineman to let the linebackers do their work. And so, yeah, their downfall is definitely, you can just run, you just control the line of scrimmage on them. Um, hmm. And the right side of the offensive line is struggling. I mean, they, they, that's, uh, you know, Balaga has been out and they've been trying to shuffle that through. And, you know, Slater has been great, uh, don't, but they're just not getting that protection on the right side of that offensive line. So there's, there is room to, to work there. Justin Herbert, you know, is really good outside of the structure, but he's got to continue to work on just more in rhythm structure type success than relying on these big plays that he has all through his career. So there's things they need to work on But the AFC West is, I don't, I mean, the Raiders are five and two. I, I don't think that's a staying power thing. I, I don't know. I just don't expect them to be up at that level to, at the end of the season. Um, so I, I don't. I, I think it's still the Chiefs and the Chargers to take. It's not the Bron- the Broncos sold off. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if the Broncos traded uh, t- uh, Bridgewater back to the Saints this week uh, to give him some. I, I, once a team, I, I compared it to fantasy football. It really is the same. Like, wait a second. Oh, you're giving Von Miller away for that? Okay, let's get in on the Broncos if they're going to be doing this. We know the Texans are doing a fire sale. There are several teams that are out of contention yeah. now that you can probably in the new age. Uh, NFL, you can go and get some of these guys as far as the and swing things. If you're the Chiefs, as a for instance, I, I, you know, but it's got to be just so because he can't have a long term deal because of Mahomes big time deal kicking in in 2022 regarding the Raiders. I had two AFC teams that are probably when it's all said and done. I agree with you. The Raiders don't win that division. Um, but they're going to be around the wild card chase at the end of it, I think, at five and two. Now, their win total is at nine and a half, and you can get that if you want to go over at minus 110. They go next week at the Giants, KC, Cincy, at Dallas, Washington, at KC again, at Cleveland, Denver, at Colts, Chargers. Do you think that they get over 10 i mean that, i know that's a little harsh with 10 games to go but that would you know they have to go five and five there to get there that's a pretty rugged path for the raiders do you think that they're I don't, do you think it's mirage I, I think it is right now i mean their offense has definitely had a different vibe it's been a better vibe since john gruden left but i just don't know if they're all that talented they have issues on the offensive line defensively they're better this year but they're not great um kind of overall um I, I don't know. I don't really think this is going to stand. I've been impressed with, again, their play since Gruden left, mm-hmm. but I does not feel like a, a team that's the staying power is there. I would have thought the play calling, you know, just practically you lose your play caller, you're doing it's gotten better, it though. Does, it's gotten it does, more play action yeah, pass, more diversity. Yeah. It's funny. It's a, it really does feel like uh, addition by subtraction, just spiritually too. They're kind of like uh, <laughs> doesn't feel like there's a, a bunch of people. I, I they're mean, like, like, man, we miss we miss Gruden. Not, we sure miss not to, spirit. Not to relitigate that whole mess, but you know, if you're saying these things on email, I'm not saying you're saying them in public, but like, I don't know. I you know, like if you are if you're just in the building, I'm sure he said things that 
kind of probably rub people the wrong way. Players, I don't know if this is like how you email someone. Do you don't you don't say any of this in public, like in different ways. I don't know. It just feels like that's his personality. He did he emailed this for seven years? He emailed stuff like this. He lose his personality rubbed off a little bit in the locker room, and since he's gone, there's just a little freeness around the, the building. They say he's very intense and and whatnot. So I I, I buy that things are different now. Oh, I, I believe me. I mean, it's pretty clear he didn't have a ton of fans either there, or maybe it extends beyond uh, around all of football America. But but either way, to your point about seven years worth of those emails. You know, it wouldn't go on for for seven minutes if the guy on the other end is like, hey, inappropriate, man, out of line. Don't talk. Please don't use that kind of language around me. Instead, as you say, went on for seven years. And that's why it's very interesting. The Pandora's box that is open and Gruden is considering litigation and everything else because, you know, you want to you want to be a weasel and take people down. You he's it would seem he's in the position to do it. But anywho, the Bengals, a, you feel like, I, I mean, of course, pro football. I, I like the headline. Shocking. They lost. I mean, like, how long has it been that the Bengals were definitely an absolute contender that a loss to any other pro football team stands as shocking for the Cincinnati Bengals? All right. They lost the game, but for their playoff hopes, they were sitting there at five and two. They were in charge of not just the North. They were in yeah. charge of the entire AFC going into the weekend. And now here they are at five and three, no. and you're like, all right, it's a stumble, and they're good and talented and everything else. But here's another one, nine and five. You get plus, um, you get uh, a plus number if you take them to go over that. Have you looked at what the Bengals have upcoming here at five and three? They yeah, have, you they, know, it's tough. Yeah. So the Bengals are a really good example of uh, a team navigating success and how hard it is each week. Because if you notice the week before, right, you up the Jets week, I follow some Bengals accounts on Twitter. I'm sure you do as well. And it's all about, oh my, guys, guys, we have six home games coming up, but we're circling this win. We're circling this win. God, God, oh my God, this is a win here. If we play well here, this is a win here. This is a win here, right? And look, they're playing great. And they rightfully got the praise. And then it's like you laid a shit bird in New York, right? Like you, you, it's hard to win each week. It's hard to 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 know you're supposed to win. They were 11 point favorites on the road in the NFL. The Bengals were like that's like that's so it's it's hard to win the NFL. Oh, I got I got and, called haters by I got called a hater by Bengals fans. Of course, I'm like, I'm called a hater by all 32 <laughs> franchises. So Even I like join. when Steelers fans don't know I'm a Steelers fan. They hit me up like, dude, you didn't hate. Why? How come you hate that? You just hate success, dude. We got we got all the Lombardies to push you. Like, yeah, I'm in on that. Yeah, I'm I, I'm on your <laughs> side with this. I'm not. So, but yes, I was called a hater for saying like 11 points is too many for the Bengals up with the Jets who have guys. We talked to Nick. Yeah. Mangled on extra points last week. And, you know, it's the point you've made and any other football player makes like personal pride. You have a contract, man. You want to play next year, too, don't you? You got to show up for the game and play hard. You can't just yeah. lay down and, oh, well, our team's not going to the playoffs, so I give up. Of course, the Jets are out there to try, and Robert Sala's is trying to build something and everything else. <laughs> but, I mean, man, they got that KC game coming up, obviously, in the division. I do think that the AFC North has the feel divisional games it's not uh, a revelation are more important than the other games that you play but it the afc north this season feels like it's especially yeah. significant that that's what's going to settle all hash the browns whatever you want to say about like oh man another, another year we got uh you know once again this was supposed to be the year but 
I think whoever said it in the locker room might have been Jarvis Landry. At four and four, they're fine, man. They're like if they take care yeah, of business the, the, in the division, they're 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 fine going forward. Yeah, the the problem with the Browns is they've kind of lost to every team with a with a pulse this year. Mm-hmm. Um they've lost to the Chiefs, double digit. Uh they were up in second half. Chargers up in the second half by two scores. The Cardinals, if you watch that game, you think to yourself, well, which team has the coach in the building, which team doesn't? And now they lost to Pittsburgh. And look, Pittsburgh's mm. offense wasn't excellent, right? It wasn't great. They did enough in that game. Um, but the Browns couldn't move the ball. I mean, Baker Mayfield didn't look terribly good again. Their offensive line, which had been good all season, Pittsburgh, I mean, they won the game in the trenches, right? They dominated that game on both sides of the ball. Uh, again, I mean, Pittsburgh scored 17, well, f- oh 15 points. I mean, they, they, uh, what? Oh, Schwartz, they're coming together. I'm, you know what? I'm racked I'm just, with nerves. I'm about just saying, no, your offense is still, your offense is still, oh boy. Um, but nonetheless. Um, uh, uh, now, why do you, that was good what kidding. they did there. They're not. They're not going to score thirty-eight a game against. Uh, they're not going to shoot it out with anybody. Still fly, but they're okay. Is, is your kicker still flying through the air? Is he still? Did he land yet? <laughs> Jesus, like too okay. much made out of First that. Of that was fine. Tri- trick the, plays are the greatest example of, of like if it works, uh, that, it's great. If it fails, no. I, what, oh, what, what I, I would take in that game. I would have taken the points before halftime. I mean, like that was. A, and now your kicker got blown, but blown up his face. That I was would a have too. But the or Tomlin I, out of it, all coaches, you're like, whoa, whoa, buddy, what are you doing? He's 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 definitely not trying to get the USC job anymore with that play. <laughs> I think he feels like he has a burden hand. Go like he thinks this is going to work. Likely, of he and, does. He's not going to. He's not going to call a play. He doesn't think works. Right, and if they go up a touchdown <laughs> and then they get the ball to start the second half, I think he's. Well, I, I that's get just it. That the idea, they're like, what, what was three, he thinking? Is it now well, we lost Boswell? It's like, before. well, he didn't factor that in that they were going to lose the kicker on the play. <laughs> I would have taken the three points before halftime and had the ball coming out and scored a touchdown and you the ten point swing right there. But I get, look, I get it. Um, yeah, look, the Steelers are a very just every year, right? Very well coached team. They make up for the deficiencies with physicality, with defense, with run the football. Um, you know, and and that they threw that ball fast yesterday because Miles Garrett. Who boy! I mean, look, I praise the Steelers' uh, run blocking, their pass protection. Uh, <laughs> times like the ball was out very fast. Um, but look, there again, they're I didn't I didn't four and four, right? They're still in the mix. They're four and three, somewhere right? Four and three, four and four. Browns um, are four and four. Yeah, Steelers four and three. So. Yeah, I mean that that division. Look, Baltimore. There's so many injuries. It's for uh, Lamar can't do it all for that long. I'm telling you. I mean, 16, 17 guys injured reserve. He can't. He might win the MVP on a nine win team, but that's because he's he has to do everything for them. They, that can't last. So the Steelers, I think, have a chance to still as and you know still have still say something for the playoffs. Because I, I I think the Bengals are again navigating being winners for the first time, and uh, the Browns have disappointed me so far. Steelers are playing better. And again, the Ravens, I just don't think the Ravens can last all season. Lamar doing everything for them. Watch the big one. I'm circling it now. I know what the Steelers are about, everybody. You know that much that I am I'm pretty keen on what which way to lean with the with the black and gold. That Monday night game is a scary one right now. That will be the indication. Because if they get that one, then they get Detroit, then they get to the meat of their schedule, and that. But I, it's, it's the Bears, right? The Bears, yeah. They got it at home the or Bears. on the road. Is, it's in Pittsburgh on Monday Night Football, but 
Um, they should get it, but doesn't mean they will. We'll get to the Monday night game coming up. Sure. But I mentioned Mangled. He was on extra points. And Eddie Spaghetti was talking last week around the office about that he could beat out Jose Altuve. Now, full disclosure, Schwartz, oh, that, I want yeah. you to understand something. I'm on Eddie Spaghetti's side with this one. I think Eddie Spaghetti would beat up Jose Altuve. Do you wish to take a side on this? What would you set the line at? How do you think Vegas would see this one? As I said, you sent me that clip of Eddie and Nangle. As I said, um, I would never publicly say this, but um, I will say publicly, I think Eddie would win that matchup. Oh, how about that, Eddie Spaghetti? I I do. Because just a smart man, just see me in person. He's half my size. The the idea, like, you could have someone, like, Eddie could just bull rush him. Exactly. If he could just just close the distance very fast, like, we've all thought about this, right? Oh, could I fight Floyd Mayweather? Probably not. But, like, like, if I could close the distance really fast and get my fat body on someone, like, I got a chance, right? Like, that's the way I feel like Eddie could just bum rush Altuve very quickly. And again, he's not, he doesn't have a baseball bat in the fight. Right. So um, I would, I, I, I would, I would lean Eddie. Look, Eddie needs a little bit of love because what might happen tonight to his team can make him down. So I'll, I'll throw Eddie a bone right now. Uh, I think. Why has he got to be mean? He's, his baseball team's in the same place as yours, you bum. I'm talking about football, football team. I understand. I'm football just telling him you guys, right. you guys could have well, been uh, look, in a his, world series together. It, right. I mean, his, we could have been, but what, what what was it that Boone said? The Yankees are uh, everyone's trying to still catch up to the Yankees, right? We're still working, so the Giants have some more work to do. We catch up on the Yankees. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm I'm only focused on hockey season right now, so I moved off of baseball. I am not even I moved uh, off I, NFL. I, I follow a surprising amount of people that are Kraken fans on Twitter. Did not know that so many Seattle fans were uh, were uh, on the only it's um, a new team. People like that. And by the way, the Giants and Dodgers is exactly what I'm talking about. Like, tough beans. It sucks that you're in the same division. I know I, I know that's too bad. You have to play each other in the in the playoffs. But guess what? That's the way the cookie crumbled. Sorry, Alabama. You got uh, you got, or Georgia or whatever. You're, oh, you happen I, I to be in the toughest the conference. Was, okay, what do you want from I me? I can't Do- help I it. I was the Dodgers and Giants playing in the in the CS. I know like, you were. I'm just it, saying that people who bellyache about like, well, but Bama's better well, than well, yeah, Dodgers and Giants are better than the Braves. That so if that what? series went, if that series went seven games, it would. I mean, it would go seven. It would nine. They were going to win. They they went twenty. What fourteen and fourteen this year? I think against each other. And look, the Braves have played much better since the break. Right? They were thirty six. I think at eighteen since the trade deadline when they had they added an entire new outfield. They're not a bum team. It's just their schedule, or you know, they weren't as good early in the season and got better. Like I mean, I don't. The Giants might have beat the Braves. I don't know. We didn't beat the Dodgers. Like we should have beat them. I, we had a game five at home with our best pitcher. And we lost. We didn't. We couldn't hit anymore. So that's um, right. Well, the, the Dodgers are better than the Braves too. Baseball. When you play short series, weird things are gonna are, are gonna come out of it. And in college football, you play sixty minutes. A, a, a games comprised of 19 year old kids. Sometimes the results aren't going to work out the way you yeah. would have expected them to work out, but they count. Those are the same. Every, that's why college football is great. It's because every week used to be at yes. least a playoff game. And if you lose it, you can't, you can't cry about like, Correct. well, we're still better. Like, but you didn't win that game. And that is a chapter that now takes away your right to claim yeah. we're better than you. All right. Now, there's another 60 minutes coming up on Monday Night Football. It's a shame almost. Please come up here, Eddie Spaghetti. 
Um, these two arch rivals, bitter rivals, Jeff Schwartz and Eddie Spaghetti. One loves the New York football giants. The other loves the Kansas City Chiefs. They get under each other's skin on social media. You absolutely, if you follow one, you have to follow the other because every once in a while, they'll go at each other just a little bit. And it's very fun to watch. When they go at me, I don't like it because as I always say, Conflict is awesome for me as long as I'm not one of the parties involved in it. I'll just poke at it to make it happen between other people. And that brings me to this. Chiefs, Giants, this is a big game. And I know it sounds a little crazy, but with Jameis out in New Orleans, Carolina won the game on Sunday. But I feel like legitimately, if the Giants somehow stole this game, that they're kind of like in the way the top-heavy NFC. Okay, I'm not, that's not the, but point is, we don't know the result here on Monday Night Football, and we're recording this in advance of the game, and a lot of people who listen to it will listen to it after the game. So how to make sense analyzing this, let's pretend that this is the end of the Manning cast, or not the Manning cast, the non-Manning cast, two man's casts, two, uh, the kosher spaghetti cast. Here we go now. It's the final, It's the game is wrapping up here. Imagine it however you guys think it is. Schwartz, you're the play-by-play guy. Eddie uh. Spaghetti, you're doing color commentary here. Ra- like, wrap up the show. Like, hey, thanks for joining <laughs> us on Monday Night Football. It's yeah. been great. And tell us what the score is and how the game went and uh, what were the keys to victory for whoever won the game. Take it away. Here it comes. Schwartz and Spaghetti, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back to ESPN as we wrap up the final minutes of the Monday Night Contest in Kansas City. ESPN, this is, this, is a, this is minus three. This isn't... Uh, you said, you said uh, we're pretending uh, just, we're on the telecast. All right, go ahead. I'm pretending we're doing the telecast. You asked me to do an assignment. Right, well, you won't hear from me again. I'm off its alignment. You won't hear from me again. Off its alignment, okay. The Chiefs wrap up a 45-24 victory. Their offense back on track. Pat Mahomes, five touchdown passes, 400 Whoa. yards passing. And the Chiefs offense looks like it should. Their defense still a little suspect. Daniel Jones made a lot of plays late in that game to, to get, get the Giants back on track. But all you schmoes who doubt the Chiefs offense the entire week, you better get on national TV again and say the same bullshit about their offense sucking. I hope all you guys do that. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, a get right game for the Chiefs. Mahomes looked uh, he was back. He's uh, no longer bogged down by the Jackson Mahomes in uh, uh, TikTok videos. Uh, Daniel Jones, as expected, played great. Uh, Kadarius Tony being back really helped the Giants to move the ball in offense. Like you said, 24 points, which is above the uh, the usual average with Jason Garrett calling the place here. But uh, the main story was the Chiefs offense back on track. Giants didn't really have a shot in this game. And it looks like Giants have a couple pieces they could trade off at the upcoming deadline. And uh, is the clock ticking now finally for David Gettleman as GM? 45 points for the Chiefs. For the, wow, they I, really for the record, I was going to say 38-24, so Jeff wasn't too far off. I, I think this is an, and I'll have a, I've got a couple minutes left in this because this, of course, this is as usual. This is a, a marathon, not a sprint. Um, it is not a the, marathon. Uh, it's been nice thirty the, minutes. It's been a brisk half hour I, I, conversation I, I, with I, your pals. I, yeah. uh, I, I'm having a lot of fun as usual. I just have other things in life. Okay, so um, I think the kids candy, right? That's what you're talking about. Other I've, things I've in had life. Two, I've had two pieces. I've had two pieces already today. Um, okay. I think that um, the Chiefs know what they have to do. Like offensively, they're fine. They put a bad game. It happens. Like it's just, it, it's what happens. And all the overreactions wild, they know what they have to do. They know they're getting cover too. They don't have to run the football, take what's in front of them and just do your job. Like just take what's there. It's very simple. Like there's guys open. It's not like no one's open. Just Mahomes. Take what's there, buddy. Just like, boom, boom, boom. 
they'll be fine. Defensively, I mean, th- I think Chris Jones is going back inside, thankfully. Um, and look, they just have to get better each week. I mean, they're not going to be the 85 Bears, but you just can't be that bad. And I think this is a game where they can, you know, the Giants offensive line, still so many injuries. Uh, I'm worried about Dan- Daniel Jones' ability to run the ball, to be honest with you. Like he can, that's going to, that would worry me because Kansas City doesn't defend that terribly well. Um, I think, I think their offense is just going to be really good tonight. I I'm inclined to agree with you. I think when good teams need to have a game, they tend to get the game. So that that's why I'll I'll take the Chiefs. That is a lot of points though, and that that uh, Danny Dimes offense is uh, is no jive. It feels like, especially with Kadarius Tony coming back. No Saquon though. Last thing, and then you go. Battle for Ohio upcoming. You talk about talked about the Bengals. You talked about the Browns. This one feels significant to me, um, as much as a, a Week Nine game can be. Bengals given two and a half in the Queen City to the visiting Browns. How say you, Schwartz? Giving, um, I think the Bengals are just better right now. I, I take the Bengals under field goal. Now you're getting into trouble if you're the Browns because now you're now you're getting in the hole in the division. If you're you have right, a quarterback about that. who's you have a quarterback who's not that good and also injured. Like I just I'm taking the healthier players right now. All right. You want to pick Packers Chiefs? Chiefs given two and a half. We don't even know yet uh, what the result I, is on I, Monday night. I, sure. Chiefs. I mean, like, whatever. I don't I know. Who, who knows what's going to happen? I have no idea. He's already given up on his ducks. Who knows what to believe? He's like, the Buckeyes are ahead of us because they're going to have more fans in the stands. Listen, get your ears on his podcast. As you can tell, you. it's gangbuster stuff. Jeff Schwartz is smarter than you. We couldn't be happier for you making all that hay over there at FS1 and Fox Sports. Make sure you're checking them out uh, wherever you can find them. Obviously, one of the great follows, breaking it down with his dumb spoon, showing you the X's and O's of why uh, Dan Moore is a good offensive lineman and other good blocking stuff. I sent you one, too, about Najee Harris with that. Uh, I know. I, I got to look at that up. one. Yes, I will. One. You'll be impressed that I noticed that. Thank all you. right. I will. Jeff Schwartz. All right. Appreciate all right, you, Allie. Be well. There he goes. Eddie Spaghetti, that went all right. He took you to win to beat up a professional athlete. Uh, who cares? I mean, uh, I, I mean, yeah, he should have picked me because who uh, who cares if it's a professional? Unless the professional athlete trains in wrestling or boxing and hand-to-hand combat or kickboxing, I guess, also counts. I'm going to most likely beat that very tiny baseball player. Like, just that's just the way it is. He's, I don't know. I don't know. I, to me, I mean, I actually have gotten pretty good responses on Twitter. People did sigh with me. I think Meatballs, uh, my workout partner, convinced them. And I think people know my size and that I, I do lift weights. Uh, so I, I'm thankful for once people online have a brain. Uh, and as for the Giants-Chiefs games, uh, you know, later on tonight, uh, I pretty much agree with Jeff. I think Chiefs will have a good offensive game. I think Jones will be fine as, as he has been this year. Tony coming back, he'll target him a bunch. Uh, I don't see the Giants running game getting started whatsoever and i just hope that the offensive line does enough to help uh keep jones upright and you know just don't get him injured man i love this i I can't you know what see now it is bad like i say being a sports fan because it should not i shouldn't my my day my weekend my week shouldn't be as impacted as it is positively or negatively by what my favorite teams do but here we are good thing is i'm conflicted because Pitt was a bad loss but then the steelers made me feel better and i went into to this fresh week with a smile on my face i really should find other outlets right i can't depend on uh 
on what the football team does on Sunday to, to determine my happiness. But you know what? I guess that's not the decision you make with the brain. It's one that the heart made for me. All right, listen. Either way, Eddie Spaghetti and I will be back with another pal of ours. His name is Kevin Hench. He is an emerging star in the podcast world, thanks to his appearances every Thursday here on Minus 3 because he belly aches and belly aches and belly aches some more. We'll look forward to kibitzing with you about everything upcoming on the weekend, college football, pro football, puck, NBA. I think the World Series will be over by then. Either way, we'll talk to you then. Until then, though, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>